With the Western New York area home to over 40 breweries, we as craft beer enthusiasts have no shortage of flavor styles and atmospheres. And when you come to Magic Bear Beer Cellar, the goal is to build a smarter and more sophisticated enthusiast. And the person bringing us that wonderful experience is the owner of Magic Bear Beer Cellar, Craig Altabello. Very, very, very well spoken, yes. Altobello. Altobello. So first, the first question we have right off the bat is, what is Magic Bear? All right. So, I mean, Magic Bear, Magic Bear is kind of a, a concept, right? We came up with Magic Bear. I'll go a little bit more into where the name came from, but the actual brick and mortar, it is the elevation and education of beer. We wanted it to be a welcoming and comfortable atmosphere for all to come and explore craft beer. Not just craft beer, but traditional beer styles, a place that you can come to, ask questions, not be afraid. To me, there's a lot of places, you know, I, I look at my father a lot. You know, he started just, he showed me a Sam Adams once. Say, look, I'm drinking craft beer. I'm like, yes, you are, Dad. But, you know, like, you would go to a place like this and just have what I call beer shock. Too many beers, too many to choose from. You know, I used to work at some very large bars, and I knew that Stella Artois would sell because a lot of people would go, they'd look at... 24 tap list and be like, uh, Stella, please, because you get a little bit of like, you know, beer exhaustion. So I have created a place in my mind that people can kind of come and I, I let people know that this is like a playground. Um, they can do whatever they like, just no running with scissors. And that that's, that's what the beer seller is supposed to represent. Um, the actual name, Magic Bear, you know, we were tossing out, you know, everything is basically created in my head uh, over the course of the pandemic. I started prior to as like a passion project uh, while I was currently working at Pagula Sports Entertainment and then, you know, made this my main focus after uh, I I left that group. And it's a pandemic. I'm like, should I continue doing this? I'm going to have a a bear laying down on a purple shelf. I'm going to, you know, have all of these different things that you can try and do. And, you know, I had to have some, like, reality checks with my wife. Like, am I being crazy? She's like, no, keep doing it. You want to do it. You love it. And that's what shines. So we didn't know what we would name it at first. I knew the concept. uh, But my wife has always called me Bear. I've been her Bear. And then when I left, uh, yeah. So she had started calling me. She she started watching me do some of the events that I would do, you know, some high-profile events, which was really nice. I was able to invite her to those, and she would see me, and she would just say, I didn't realize you were the magic bear. And as we started hosting a lot of parties at her house and, and you know, different events, she would go and she would just say, hey, there's that magic bear again. So it kind of like, it was her way of letting me know, like, hey, you did a really good job tonight. Like, even I had fun, you know, which is tough for the the wife to say sometimes because I can I can go over the top. So we were thinking of names like, you know, Caps and Taps and a lot of been there, done that kind of names. And I just said, why not Magic Bear? If that's, if that's a feeling that, you know, people get when when you think that's like the, the pinnacle of service, that's what I want to provide people. And she's like, she loved it. We tested it. A lot of people liked the name. I was like, let's let's roll with it. But if you drove down the street and you just saw Magic Bear, is it a toy store? Is it Build-A-Bear? So we came up with the idea of calling it the Beer Cellar. But the brand and, and what we, you know, I want people to say, we were having a beer at Magic Bear. Uh, if, you're, if you're Googling it, it's Magic Bear Beer Cellar. But the idea behind it is is the Magic Bear. And then you... You relate to the mat, so there's the magic. There's a an aura that comes with this. Now we got the magic bear. We know who the bear is. 
So where does the magic itself so come in? So the magic is the experience, right? So we try to bring together good people with great beer for experiences nothing less than magical. Like when you leave Magic Bear, I have this little thing with the staff where I talk about nobody... Nobody realizes perfection in the moment, right? People only notice imperfections. And that's one of the things that I have trained at all the restaurants I've helped be a part of is if you're doing things right, nobody will notice the, a perfect experience until they leave. They will go and just say, wow, that's such and such a place. And it could be anyone. We never had to wait for this. We never had to do this. We ne- they realize after the fact because in the moment, you're just having an awesome experience. But when you leave, you're like, you know what? Everything was perfect. And, and that's, that's the magic. And we're never going to always be perfect. You know, but we just strive. And I tell them, if the chairs are out of place, people notice that the chairs are out of place. They won't come in and be like, oh, look, all the chairs are nice and neat. But when they come in, you get this feeling, you get this aura that you have stepped into a place where you are 100% comfortable you stay a little longer. The chairs are pretty comfortable. I have purse hooks. I have USB ports. My wife told me if I didn't have purse hooks, she wouldn't even come. So I made sure good, to... Good to call. Ma- good call. Yeah, she's, she's a driving force behind a lot of stuff that I do, just to make sure that she, she'll come and have a few drinks. So that, that's kind of the magic, is the experience and the feeling you get when you're here. You, know, you, you want to stay a little bit longer. You have that one extra beer, not because you want to, but because like, you just don't want to leave because you're having such a good time. And that, that's what we strove for, and that's, and a lot of it I have to tip my hat to my staff. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling a lot of shifts here, but when I have my, my team on, everybody conveys the same message. We just try to make people feel like they're, they're in a place where they can just stay for a while and enjoy themselves. You know, I wanted to leave, like, the spotlight on the bear and have the windows open, but then we did get this kind of feeling, this vibe that you mentioned, so I, I'm glad you picked up on it. So we roll the shades down every night. We kind of like, we, we put Magic Bear to bed. You know, he goes to sleep and then we roll the shades up and when those globe lights are on and you can see through the windows and you can see the bright colors of all of the different walls and everything in here was supposed to kind of represent beer. All the colors are shades of the SRM scale and the purple is just the accent from the logo to kind of just pop off the wall so the shelf just, you know, is one of the first things you see and then that big wooden bear. Again, one of those things I had asked my wife, am I crazy? And she's like, you might be. You might just be crazy, but just go with it. Because and did you put the purse hooks in yet? Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like, exactly. Yeah. It's she's like, yeah. as long as you got purse hooks, it doesn't really matter. People will be happy about it. So I decided instead of keeping the windows open to shut her down and... When they roll up, that's when the magic happens. You you realize that something's going on. And I just recently got like a little cardboard cutout as a sign. I've had an A-frame only, just one of those COVID-related things where the signs are taking forever. You need permits. So much that goes into a building sign that I didn't realize. But people drive by, hundreds and hundreds of people are driving by Seneca, and they don't realize that we're here. However, I've had plenty of guests come in and they say, we drove by and we had to do a U-turn or go around the block to come back because we said, what is that? What's going on in there? And then they come in and so most people are here for a couple of hours. And that that's really validating for me because, like I said before, the experiences is what we're, we're trying to create here. And if you can feel it from the street, like if you're asking me what the magic is, that's the magic. You can... You know something's going on in there. You know, it's no rabbit in a hat. It's no card up my sleeve. It's it's beer. Let's right. not let's not confuse it. It's good good beer, but it's a vibe. It's we want people 
you know, I've had tons of fun at similar concepts, and there's we're, we're really living in some awesome times in Buffalo right now with beer, as you guys obviously know. Absolutely. So I was like, how do I differentiate myself? One is, you know, the educational aspect, but everything I do here, I focus on elevation education. I wanted an elevated experience. I don't feel that it only belongs to, you know, the wine bars and, and the likes of that or cocktail bars. There should be an elevated experience for beer, and when people come in, one of the first things they say is, this place looks really nice, and I'm like, thank you. You know, it's just, I'm glad you noticed, because that's what we want. We want people to sit down and realize that beer takes no backseat to any beverage, and it should be treated as such. Yeah. So how, how is the magic shared amongst people within and then when they leave here as well? It's, I mean, the best advertising is word of mouth. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting at this table right now if you weren't sharing the magic with someone else. Exactly. You guys left. What you said right here is exactly what I mean by sharing magic. You know, us, every everyone that works here, we share magic with people. Sharing magic is you're taking that extra step, that extra time to make sure that somebody has a good experience. And when you guys tell me that you were walking down the street, you had been to a bunch of places, but you're talking about Magic Bear, you can't wait to come back, I'm sure you told a couple of friends... You're oh, sharing, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, there you go. A couple. So you're, you're, you're <laughs> sharing. Yeah, that was modest. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's, that's what sharing the magic's all about. Yeah. People come in, I, one of the first things I ask is, how have you heard about us? So-and-so told me, or this told me, or I saw you in Buffalo Rising, or I saw this. I just saw the A-frame, and I was like, oh, there's Magic Bear. So that's kind of like, you know, we, we want to spread that love of beer and that just experience that you have when you're here, and that's, that's what sharing magic's all about. You are a certified Cicerone. Correct. A lot of people don't know, basically, a Cicerone is a sommelier for for beer. I don't think they would know how that would apply to a place like Magic Bear. Uh, So this will be a good opportunity for you two to talk about what is a Cicerone, what, what does it take to get there, and then what your aspirations are, you know, going forward with, uh, with your education. No, absolutely. I mean, that was one of the things that you touched on earlier is just the elevated experience here. And that's, you know, go on the website and you talk about some of your, you know, some of the programming you're looking to do, your pairings. I saw you you have um, had the one with Buffalo Beer Goddesses with the the chocolate and the beer. And um, you have your your partnership um, with your Wednesday night pairings, too. So there's there's a huge um, educational component to that. And I think that's something that people don't realize that there is education to beer. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's not just, you know, beer, like there's actually some formality to it and there's, you know, certification and exam and things like that. So, um, tell us a little bit about your path on that. All right. Well, I mean, going back to my roots in education, I, I've always, when I shifted over to hospitality, there's a lot of people that I know that say, Hey, I work in a restaurant forever. What can I do outside? I'm like, you're a trainer. Teaching is training. It's just, what's the subject matter? When I was doing beverage programs, I made sure that everybody was well-informed about what we were selling because whether it was Hard Rock, 716, you name it, you know, all the way up to Magic Bear, you are trying to create that experience and a part of that is educating the consumer. Whether they know what they want or not, you're supposed to help guide them there. So when I, you know, talked about 716 and like drinking the whale and drinking a couple of these beers for like the first time, I just really got into beer, started exploring it myself, realizing, you know, the the depths that, uh, you know, craft beer had. One of the cool things with um, 716 is we actually are opening staff for all certified beer servers. So that's the level one of Cicerone. So 
Cicerone is actually an Italian word that means um, a tour guide, one that will walk you through museums, teach you both historical as well as cultural relevance of an area or a topic. So when they chose the name Cicerone, it was to give you kind of this like tour guide experience of beer, and that's what I consider myself, and that's what I think Cicerone strive to be is this tour guide. When I talk about beer shock, it's, oh man, like there are so many options. I just, I like to break things down and, and I ask people, I'm like, are you an, were you an apple juice drinker or an orange juice drinker? Someone's like, oh, I drink a lot of apple juice. They tend to lean towards sweeter things where the orange juice drinker, it's very easy to hand them another half for a nice hazy IPA. And they're just like, oh man, I didn't even know this existed. When it comes to the food, part of the Cicerone curriculum is, you know, food and beer pairing. And that's one of the things that I liked most about the coursework. So I was, you know, I did very well on the certified beer server. It's, you know, it's not the most difficult uh, exam. If you, you know, it's multiple choice, you can get it done in a day if you you know, are paying attention to your instructor. I did that when I first opened 716 and always had this thought of like, oh, I'd love to be a Cicerone eventually. But, you know, life gets in the way of, you know, a lot of stuff. And then the pandemic started. I saw that I had some time. I knew I wanted to do this. And I said, if I'm going after the education and elevation of beer, I don't want to just be another guy with a beard that talks about you know, beer. And I, I want to, you know. No stereotyping here. No stereotyping. Yeah, you know. People are like, oh, great. Another another beer outlet with a bearded guy running it in Larkinville. We needed that. But when you, when you come to, when you come here, the idea was, you know, the tables we're sitting at here, they were custom built. All the furniture, except for the stools and chairs, were built by um, Scott Everett of Stately Builders. These tables come together to make a 12-foot table. So we're in like a semi-private area here you know, uh, mask mandates and COVID, uh, more importantly, just put a damper on the communal classes that I intend to teach here. So I'm just getting back to the roots of education. I am very happy that I had the time to study for the exam. So, you know, if you ever need help on your journey, I'm here to help you. It, it was tough. I mean, it's all self-guided. There's there's four levels to Cicerone. Level one's the certified beer server. I, I'm only a level two, which but you get the title of Cicerone. You're a certified Cicerone. Then there used to just be the last step, which is a master Cicerone. It's very, very difficult to obtain that. So there's kind of an in-between step that they created, which was advanced Cicerone, which I, I would like to get that. Right now with the, uh, the baby and the business, I kind of put that on the back burner, but that's definitely something that I'll bring to the forefront again. But there's, a, there's about six different components with the Cicerone exam, and then when you actually take the level two exam, it's all short answer and essays, then you have to take a tasting. So I, I flew out to Chicago, you had to do that in person over the pandemic, I was able to take the written exam online, but I had to kind of just sit and wait, and it was driving me nuts because I didn't really want to talk about it, you know, in regards to the business, because... A lot of people fail. It's, it's basically one out of two. It's a 50% pass rate. And a lot of people fail that tasting exam. You know, you can you can cram, you know, and all of us at the table, we love beer here. So you can you can cram, you can study, and if you're really into it, you can do it. It's, it's a tough job, but you got to try a lot of beer. So <laughs> I think, I think you'll be up to it, and I can help you with it here. But, yeah, no, it's... It's one of those things where you just you got to learn the style. You've got to learn flaws in beer. You've got to be able to talk about the actual beer that you're drinking and is it fit for service. So if I try a beer, I mean, I've had some beers where every beer that comes in here, I do my best to try it if I haven't already so I can you know properly explain it. And if I taste a beer and I think it's faulted, I don't serve it. You know, it's one of the things where I'm calling up the distributor or the brewer and I just, you know, I never, because a lot of times they might not know. And it's mm -hmm. just feedback that says, hey, man, did you get this batch of this? 
what do you think? I'm getting a little bit of diacetyl in it. And never something that I would post or talk about. It's more a part of that, like, hey, let's talk about it. And, you know, a lot of times the feedback is like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And sometimes it's just a bad can or two. So Mm -hmm. you can't... uh, I never like to judge a beer based on just one can because you never know what happens to that can. And, yeah. But the idea was if I'm going to open a place that I want to teach people about it, then I, like somebody else say that I know a little bit about beer versus me just saying, hey, I'm, I, I bought a bunch of beer and I'd like to, to serve it to you. I want to be able to kind of back up what I'm doing. And that was kind of the motivation behind the Cicero. It's just it's a very good curriculum to kind of force what you're doing so that you kind of hit all the uh, aspects of beer knowledge. What I like to provide is a lot of different styles of beer here. So that's one of the things. It's, it's mainly based on traditional styles. Mm-hmm. So we have English beers, we have Scottish style beers, we have a whole import shelf, and then you know, I try to, you know, everything here is based on the SRM scale. Everything kind of goes from light to dark. I want to make the experience very easy for while you're here to pick a beer. Sometimes you go and you take a look at the shelf, if it's not well organized, you know, you can't find what you like, and I want people to enjoy what they want, and they just have it quickly. My tap list, I kind of cover the whole spectrum. I do all of my taps basically by style, so I rotate every single time. I don't really put the same thing on, and I'm just kind of serving what people want to drink. In the beginning, I was going after some hard-to-chase beers. I sold a lot of Bumbleberry from Fatheads. I just immediately sold out of that, so I've been doing a lot of uh, fruit ales, and the clientele around here just really loves it. So I stopped chasing a lot of stuff and try to just give my guests what they really like, and you know that it, that has been fantastic. The Brindle House, I have not had a beer that has been less than exceptional from them, so I, I carry a lot of stuff. Uh, I've, and you know, you're drinking a Rocky Road Waffle Cone Imperial Stout, but when I put their Pilsner on tap. It flew to the point where I have it in cans now, and it flew off the shelves just because just quality all around. I, I'm drinking, um, it's actually called, is it Richard or Dick? It is uh, a hazy. <laughs> so a lot of people, you know, pick it because of the name. It is a hazy pale ale. So it's it's got a little bit more drinkability than IPA. It's kind of like the little brother to uh, a New England style IPA. Very soft, very pillowy on the palate. You know, it goes down easy. I picked this, so I wasn't uh, drinking anything too heavy during the. <clears throat> excuse me, during the. Uh, As he clears his throat. Has nothing clear too throat. heavy. <laughs> yeah, now I need to take a sip here. But this is from uh, Anco Fermentations. Uh, one of the things I it's in Tully, New York. During the pandemic, we decided we didn't really want to leave New York State. We didn't want to deal with any uh, travel restrictions, so we just kind of got to explore a little bit. And I drove. I probably went to about 50 different breweries and some of the best breweries out there. It's horrible. That sounds awful. It was like training for the Cicerone. You know, I had to drink all this beer. I had to, you know, try all this charcuterie. I I just had. It was it was a horrible, horrible time. (laughs) I do five in a day, and I'm like, I'm tapping. I'm tapping out. But Spencer Port, uh, you know, Brindle House was one of the fantastic ones. Anco, I went there, was just blown away by all the stuff they did there. And I just, I talked to him, you know. Again, I felt like the crazy guy with the little bear logo on his shirt saying, I'm going to open a beer store, and it's be about the elevation education of beer, and I'd love to have your beer here. And a lot of them, you know, took my card and said, okay, sounds good, let us know when you're open up. And then they kind of saw what I was doing, and now they, you know, Brindle House delivers directly to here. Onco Fermentation, they deliver right here. So whenever you're drinking that, it's going to be fresh as possible. And I just, uh, you know, I, I do like to buy the berries by Steelbound, and we just continue to rotate, rotate a lot of stuff through here. So you'll always find something, you know. 
right now we have an imperial stout, a hazy pale ale, and a, a, a fruit ale. So a lot of different uh, styles to go around. Right, yeah, if you don't see it on the 12-tap draft list, I just tell people there's pretty much 200 different selections here. And we can cool anything down off of the uh, room temperature shelf. We can do it in about three to five minutes, depending on whether it's a can or a oh. bottle. Wow, so if you cool. see something, okay. did not know that. That is a little, that is little pro tip there. A little deep there. Yeah. I thought that was the take-home shelf, like yeah. the U-chill shelf. Yeah. Nope. yeah. We, could, we could chill it down on, on property for you right here. A lot of people, if they're hanging out for a while, that's where like some of the bigger uh, imperial stouts are, a lot of the foreign stuff. People would just be like, yes, I, I do want a Belgian triple right now. They'll get the meat and cheese board. I'll suggest something like a Belgian ale. And they're like, could you cool that down for me? I'm like, absolutely. 